unscripted. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. And all of a sudden he gets really quiet. And then his face turns bright red. And he is angry, begins slamming his hand down on his wooden table. That is not the way we do things here. That is not the way things are done. I want the name of your bishop. I want to know what word he was in. I want his contact information. That is not the way we do things here. That is not the way things are done. And he is screaming and slamming his hand on the table. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, here's his information. Okay. Hello again, everybody. We are here again with Leif. This is part three of his conversion story. And he has told us that we are just now getting to the interesting parts. Ooh, so I'm really excited. Um, where we left off, we were just going into your baptism, right? That's right. And why don't we just, just go from there? Let's get right into it. So this is where the roller coaster ride starts. Here we so, go. <laughs> so, day of the baptism. <laughs> Hold on to the bar. Yeah. The iron rod, you know. <laughs> so I wasn't really expecting too much going in. You know, day of the baptism, I kind of was briefed about how it would begin and everything. And my friend who I took into church, Lee, was the one who was going to actually baptize me, which was wonderful. I was... Uh, the sad part was, is when my mother's side of my family found out that I was going to get baptized, they completely disowned me. Mm. It was like the reverse. Mm. And so my father's side came, and I had friends who came. A lot of them were very surprised uh, by this choice, who grew up knowing a bit of my history. But they were very respectful. So my friend baptizes me, and... I didn't know at the time, though, that they had to dunk you completely, and apparently he missed the tip of my elbow, mm. and without warning, dunked me again. <laughs> and I had thought at this point that he was just trying to drown me, and this was all a setup. And <laughs> there <laughs> were <laughs> so many sins, it took a couple. Of course, all my friends were placing bets as to what was going to happen, if the water was going to boil, or turn black, or if I'd come out with wings, or, you know, there was a betting pool going on. No, don't worry about it. We'll just go double or nothing. Right, so, so boiling water, demons <laughs> flying out of you. Luckily, none of this happened. <laughs> and they put me in this chair in front of my friends and family. And they, I'd been told they were going to do what's called the confirmation blessing. And the bishop was going to come up behind me and do a laying on of hands. And he'd give me the brief synopsis that this wasn't a blessing from him to me. This was a blessing from Heavenly Father through him to me. And of course, I was just kind of like, okay. <laughs> you say so. <laughs> and so he came behind me, and I love this bishop. I refer to him as the Pillsbury Doughboy Bishop <laughs> because he was just this older version of the Pillsbury Doughboy. And they're not this great, they're grand. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> and I love this man. He was so jolly and sweet. And he was standing behind me, and he began just giving me this really beautiful blessing. And he was going, and all of a sudden, he was like mid sentence, mid word. He just stops talking and he pauses and it was a long like eight second pause and i was thinking in my head oh i think he lost his place he's an older gentleman i understand it happens to me all the time when i'm trying to like think of things important to say in front of people so i bet he just lost his place that's fine and he does he continues on he begins a new sentence and finishes the blessing 
And of course, everyone gets up and wants to do the hugging thing, which was kind of new for me. <laughs> you know? But I was introduced to Fruity Pebble Rice Krispie Cakes, which are delicious, <laughs> sugary goodness. That is definitely a Utah thing. I would, oh, so good. And of course, you know, everything was winding down. You know, everyone was beginning to leave. And my bishop came up to me and just asked if he could speak with me for a moment in his office. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, we got to get my record started. We're big on records, right? Like, so I was like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. We have bye, everybody. You know, it's like I went with the bishop to his office. And we sit down, we begin talking. And he's like, I want to talk to you about what happened back there. And I was like, oh, don't even worry about it. It's not a big deal. Like, really, it's like it happened. And I said, no, I, I, need, I need to say this. And I want to be very careful about how I say this because this has never happened to me before. And this is a direct quote. I was told to shut the heck up. And then what I was told was not meant to be told in front of other people. So I need to ask you some questions first. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, he's like, do you know what a patriarchal blessing is? Yeah. Every non-member knows what a patriarchal blessing is. It's a cosmic fortune cookie. I've been waiting for I'm really excited about getting one. Like, so I'm like, yes. And he gets super excited. And he's like, all right, great, great. Here's what we need to do. Uh, first thing we need to do, we need to get you your Aaronic priesthood. Uh, that's generally for younger men. And I'm like, oh, I'm like 22 at the time, 23. So I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You know, I get the Aaronic priesthood. I got to take the steps, you know. Okay. Yeah, I grew up in Utah, so I knew mo most of those things. It's like, great, great. Uh, we'll schedule that for next week. Uh, next thing we'll do is we need to do your Melchizedek priesthood. Um, normally, this takes a little bit longer, but I'm, I, th I think it's important that we try to do this as fast as possible. So we're going to schedule it for about like a month from now. Is that okay? Like, I was like, yeah, that's fine. I'm a, I mean, that's the adult priesthood, right? So I'm an adult. That makes sense to me. And so I'm like, sure. I didn't seem worry. He's like, great, great. One last thing. Uh, and you, you definitely want to get your patriarchal blessing, right? Yes. He's like, fantastic. When you get it, would it be okay if I read it? Yeah. Yeah. You're my bishop. Of course you can read my patriarchal blessing. Don't, don't you read everybody's? Right? You're the bishop. That would help you help me, right? Didn't think anything really strange about that. So I was like, great. He's like, great. When you get it, we'll talk again. Okay. So we scheduled next week came. I got my ironic priesthood went normal afterwards they talked to me you know what the ironic priesthood meant and everything about it and i was like okay and then we scheduled my melchizedek priesthood for three weeks from then which was going fine except for the very next week the boundary lines of my wards changed mm -hmm. and i was told that the following week i had to go to a new bishop in a new church oh, and, I was, and i was like oh okay i guess that happens a lot here uh i don't know so i scheduled a meeting with my new bishop and the new church building and this was a much different bishop he was a very slender man very older more serious very much of a serious type but we began talking you know and it was a general like you know tell me about yourself you know tell me what's going on and i was like oh yeah great because i was very casually i was like yeah uh just got baptized like two weeks ago uh just got my ironic priesthood last week um i'm supposed to get my my um, cousin priesthood in like two more weeks is that still good or do we have to like reschedule that and all of a sudden, he gets really quiet. And then his face turns bright red. And he is angry, begins slamming his hand down on his wooden table. That is not the way we do things here. That is not the way things are done. I want the name of your bishop. 
I want to know what ward he was in. I want his contact information. That is not the way we do things here. That is not the way things are done. And he is screaming and slamming his hand on the table. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, here's his information. Okay. Like, I'm, I'm very much go with the flow kind of guy. And he's like, okay, we're going to schedule another meeting after I talk with your previous bishop because we're going to get this fixed. This is not the way things are done. I was like, okay. So we schedule a meeting for a week from then. And he calls me three and a half days later. And I say half days on purpose because he called me at 11.56 at night, four minutes to midnight. So there I am seeing my phone ring with my new bishop on the phone. Hello? <laughs> totally different kind of conversation. Brother Boyd, hi. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to wake you up, did I? I'm so sorry for calling so late. Yeah, I'm so, so sorry. Are you okay? Yes. Like, hey, I just got done meeting with your previous bishop. My imaginary watch. <laughs> okay. Um, like, what do you, what's going on? He's like, okay, here's the thing. We need to make sure we do this. A hundred percent by the book. Do you understand? By the book, 100%. Are you okay with that? Yeah. Like, what, what's going on? He's like, I need you to wait one year from your baptism to get your majestic priesthood. Are you okay with that? And I was like, yeah. I'm like, And I need you to stay worthy that entire year. Can you do that? I'm like, I think so. I was feeling good. And I was like, sure. I was like, okay, that's what we're going to do. And we'll go from there. And you're still planning to get your Patriarchal blessing, right? Yes. Uh, great. I just got one last question for you. Uh, when you get your patriarchal blessing, would it also be okay if I read it too? Yes. Now, this finally raised a little kind of a red flag for me. I was like, this doesn't feel like a normal conversation. So I began going to some of my LDS friends and being like, hey, does your bishop have to read your patriarchal blessing? No, yours, no, yours, yours, no, that doesn't happen. They I got two. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, let's just see what happens. Because they wouldn't talk to me about whatever had been said to them yet. They wanted to wait. And so time went on. Life went back to normal, went back to work, went back to school. The year goes by. So it's the day of my Melchizedek priesthood. And, you know, I kind of got the little brief synopsis of what it would be like, very similar to the previous one. And But my bishop had asked me to bring as few people as possible. Um, he was going to have someone come in and do the blessing. And I was like, okay, sure, that's fine. And so I invited my dad and my stepmother and my friend Lee and his fiance. And we went to the church and to get, and they walked us to this tiny, tiny room with a single chair and desk in it. And I mean, it was maybe like six by seven feet of a room. It was shoulder to shoulder. And they, they introduced me to this older gentleman who was there. And he was probably in his late 70s. I'd never met him before. He wasn't part of our war that I knew of. And he had an assistant with him who was in his 30s probably and had a little clipboard, was writing things down. And they were just like, this is the gentleman who's going to do your Melchizedek priesthood. And I was like, okay. Sat in the chair. And he, the older gentleman stood behind me. His assistant was on his left. And then my family and friends and bishop were shoulder to shoulder in front of me, just trying to cram into the room. And he laid his hands on my head and he gave me the Melchizedek priesthood. And of course, it's, you know, it's a verbatim. It's the same for everybody. And he finished. 
And everybody, of course, wants to do the hug things, which is really awkward in that tiny room. <laughs> and, and as you know, we were getting ready to leave, he just the older gentleman who had given me the you know the blessing goes, "Hey, I would want in a moment if I could just speak with Brother Boyd alone, if that's okay." And so, and in my head, I was thinking, "Oh, he's going to talk to me like before, like with the Aaronic priesthood, like about what the meaning of it was." And so everyone's like, "Oh yeah, yeah," and they start heading out of the room. And then he looks over at his assistant and says, "You too." And the look on this assistant's face was just, and I noticed this was just utter confusion. Like he, this wasn't normal. And he awkwardly set down the clipboard and looked behind him as he super awkwardly walked out of the room looking behind him like, like, What's like, going on? like okay, this is different. Um, so I just sat there, you know, and he goes to the wall. He, there, there was a wall of chairs on one side, he pulls the chair off the wall, sets it down in front of me. He reaches over, shakes my hand, and he introduces himself. And he informs me that he was a member of the Quorum of the Seventy, and that my bishop had called him specifically to come in and do my blessing. Wow. Okay. I mean, I didn't know you guys did this kind of stuff. You know, I'm like, I guess we're in Utah. Uh, I just, and I know you're, you know, you're up in that tier. Like, wow, that's really awesome. I didn't know. Like, he's like, I want to tell you about what just happened. I'm like, okay. I'm getting ready to be told about the history and stuff. And he's always like, I have been doing this for a long, long, long time. I want you to understand that. And I have helped bring thousands of brothers and sisters into this family. And that's what it is. It's a family. And I'm like, okay. And he's quiet and says, that did not happen today. It, it didn't. <laughs> As I was giving you your blessing, and my hands were upon your head, it was not a son of God that I saw my hands upon, but that my hands were wrapped around the hilt of a fiery broadsword. And the only way I can describe it is I believe you are a weapon of God, and I look forward to seeing what you do someday. Good luck. Shakes my hand, gets up and leaves. No further explanation. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> this can't be what they tell everybody. This would be like a thing that would get like, what does that even mean? Weapon of God, fiery broadsword that I'm like, being on the internet and being like, <laughs> fiery, <laughs> Bible. <laughs> and I and he went one way and I, I left the room and met my family and my bishop and, you know, and I didn't even know what to say to them. I'm like, what do you say after that? I'm a sword. Yeah. <laughs> he called me a weapon of God. Awesome. No. And I honestly felt awkward saying anything. In fact, the only person I at that time even said anything to was my friend Lee. Later on, and I was like, he said this to me, and he was just kind of like, I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> okay. Oh. All right. Let's see what's going to happen. I don't know what any of that means. But now we scheduled my patriarchal blessing for three months from then, and I started getting nervous. <laughs> what's it going to say? Yeah. And in that three-month period, I had a third bishop that I had no relation to called me up and asked to read my patriarchal blessing, gave me his contact information, and apparently had a conversation with one of my other two bishops and was interested in seeing what it said. 
And I was like, okay, okay. Time to go see the patriarch. And so I was showed up at his house and a beautiful home. I knocked on his door and this very elderly gentleman opens the door. And I mean, very elderly and just with a warm smile. And I have to tell you, the light of God was around this man. It was an aura or a presence that I had not felt around people. And I was like, wow, this is like, I can like, <laughs> this is real. This is something I can feel like this is something else. Okay. And just, he invited me into his home. And again, I'm like still super nervous inside. Like what's it going to say? Um, and then we're walking through his house and he's telling me about how the whole process is going to go. He's going to have a voice recorder and, uh, you know, and his wife was going to have it typed up and she was in the kitchen and the sweet lady just chopping vegetables. We waved at going by and he walked me to this back room and it was a very large master bedroom with no furniture, just beautiful artwork along the walls and a single chair in the center of the room, very ornate, beautiful chair. And I was like, wow, this is what this room is for. Okay. And I sat in the chair and I just waited as he put his hands on my head and gave me my blessing. And I was listening so closely for a fiery broadsword, a weapon of God, some answer that all these other bishops were expecting to hear. And it is a beautiful, beautiful blessing. Love mine. It means a lot to me. And then as he finished, as beautiful as it was, it's totally normal. No fiery broadsword, no weapon of God stuff, just a beautiful blessing. And as he finished, I remember I had these two distinct emotions. On the one hand, I was actually relieved. I was like, I felt like this pressure had been lifted off my shoulders, almost like this anxiety that this people were expecting of me. And I was like, oh, they were wrong. We're back to normal. We can just go back to the way things were. Yeah, they, they were just, there was a mistake somewhere along the line and they were just, okay, back to normal. And again, on the other side, though, everybody wants to feel special. Everybody wants to be, you know, Neo from the Matrix or Frodo of <laughs> the Ring. You know, that everybody wants to be the hero of the story. And so part of me was actually really sad that there wasn't something in there that was phenomenal cosmic power. Itty bitty living space. <laughs> Aladdin got that reference. <laughs> yes. And we began walking out of his home. And again, he's walking behind me and he's telling me again how the whole process was going to go. And I'm just kind of, I'm like halfway listening to him. Like I'm just in my own head. You know, I like normally just wave at his wife going by and I start heading out the front door. And he's still walking behind me and talking and, you know, we were just wrapping up. And I open the door and I step out onto the porch. And the moment my foot touched the porch, he was mid-sentence, mid-word, stopped talking. And it was so abrupt, so sudden, I actually stopped in my step. Like... And I turn around, and all I see is a hand reach out, grabs my shoulder, and he picks me up off the ground with one hand. And the light of God that was around this man turned into a magnifying glass. And he looked at me with a thousand-yard stare. He was looking through me. This 80-year-old man holding me six inches off the ground with one hand by my shoulder. And he says, you're different, and you know it. And when the time comes, you'll know what you need to do. Well, that's kind of freaky. <laughs> and he drops me and my feet hit the ground. And the moment they did, he snapped back to me in the patriarch. I said, didn't skip a beat. Continued talking, had no clue anything had happened. And I am standing there shaking. 
trying to actually figure out if what just happened was real or if I just had like a moment. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. And as I began walking to my car, I pulled down my shirt and I had a perfect bruise of a hand on my shoulder from where he had held me. And it never hurt, but it was a perfect bruise. I just remember feeling like a pressure as I was like, <laughs> at this point, I'm having a real hard time thinking about how I tell people this. And again, the only person I told and the only person who saw the bruise was my friend Lee. He was the only one I felt like I needed to tell somebody. Yeah. Sure. But I felt like if I go out and tell people that I just got called the fire broadsword and an 80 year old man just lifted me up by one hand, people are going to think I'm crazy. And I was actually starting to think I was a little crazy because I had no witnesses that saw any of these things. And I'm like, I have no idea what that means. So years go by, life gets back to normal. And I got engaged, you know, later on, years later, to my beautiful wife, Deirdre. And while we were engaged, I decided to share my story with her because she grew up in the church. And like I kind of expected, you know, after I finished my story, she was kind of like, wow, that's like, didn't know what to say, I think. I was like, well, I just wanted to tell you my story, you know, and I was like, okay. So we go and we get married and we get sealed. And we had a sealer of the day who was from the Southern Polynesian Islands. And I couldn't understand half the things he said because his accent was so thick. <laughs> and her family had come and some of my friends were there. And But it was just this great experience where I was just trying to figure out what he would say because it was just so thick. And we, we finished the ceiling and everything's, you know, pretty nice. You know, we're standing and, there. Oh, sorry, Jesus. And <laughs> how many years after your patriarchal blessing is this? Nine. Nine years. Okay. And after the ceiling... Everyone begins to leave, and we're my wife and I are standing there. We're just talking to the sealer and having casual conversation, you know, like just. And I'm still trying to figure out what he's saying, but he's asking us questions like, you know, what are our plans? How are things going? Just normal stuff. And we're standing there, and then the last of our family members walks out of the room, and the door shuts. And the moment the door shut, thousand yard stare, and he looks at me. He says the exact same thing: "You're different, and you know it." And when the time comes, you'll know what you need to do. Snaps back to being the sealer. And in that moment, had no clue anything had happened. My wife is holding onto my arm, giving me her own bruise. <laughs> That's a <laughs> matching bruise. <laughs> like, and I'm just trying to look at her like, you saw that, right? I'm not crazy. It's like, that was real. And she's like, he said the thing, the thing you said, he said the thing. <laughs> And we just sort of like, and he's looking at us like super confused because he has no idea why we're pointing at him with looks of like shock. And I'm just smiling so big that somebody had witnessed it. And like, and then, and we just left. <laughs> wow. And I finally had a witness to something miraculous. And that was at that point that I felt I had a second witness that it was okay to share my story. And I moved to Oregon shortly after that. And I began sharing my story with the missionaries in our area. And it has been a wonderful experience. And I would say, I think the core of my story would be for missionaries going out there that no one is beyond saving. No one. As far gone as I was, if I could make it from where I started to where I ended, I ended, I spent the last two years as a security guard for the Portland Temple, full time. <laughs> 
and anyone, anyone can do it, can be saved. And that the church is true, even if the people aren't. But don't give up on anybody. Because everybody's worth it. I am speechless. I, I, me too. <laughs> I, that's a that's a fantastic message. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Thank you. I um, I kind of forgot a little bit about <laughs> our viewers there for for a second, just because I was just like so captivated by what's going on. But thank you for sharing your story with us. Thank you for your testimony and your faith. And uh, I'm just blown away. Uh, I am too. I mean, that was, you did, did not disappoint, you know, yes. like that was an amazing story and we appreciate you sharing it. And what an amazing message as well that you said at the very thank end you. there. That's thank absolutely you for having beautiful. Me. Yeah. Thank you for and coming on. I just want people to remember that things today still happen. I mean, we hear all about the Bible stories, you know, things that happened back then, but I, you know, I think it's important that people know that things still happen today. God's still working with us. And I will say that there was a lot more to his story, to your story, that uh, that was mentioned off camera. Like we we did, this is a three segment, you know, series. <laughs> it could have been a 10 segment series. Yeah. Um, but if people are interested in hearing more of your story or if they have questions for you, is there a way people can contact you? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I have an email. It's senseinate at gmail.com. Uh, and yeah, if you have questions about my story, feel free to contact me. And maybe leave them in the comments of this video. Absolutely. Is that cool? Oh, it's a great. I love it. I All love right. questions. Leaf, thank you for joining us. Everyone, thank, thank you. you for joining us. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.